Listen, I, I've not got a match announced for, for Paramount yet, but I know PL hasn't either, but I just want to smash his face in, so if someone can make that happen. Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. Yo, this is my Mike Dereef. Hi, this is Tom Thelma. This is Veggie. This is the Asian sensation Kanji. This is the nightmare fuel Hassan Malone. This is Joe Rage, the heavyweight classic. This is Mad Dog, Udockery. This is Tonga. I'm the Breaker, Carl Kingsley. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. And you're listening to... And you're listening to... You're listening to... Broken but Glorious. Broken but Glorious. To Broken but Glorious podcast. Because like me, you are head to tour a pro. Hello and welcome to my Brit Rest Journey on BBG Wrestling network i'm chris lappin and i'm delighted to be joined online by a man who is 100 percent legitimate lewis johnson how are you doing Stephen lewis doing really good mate thanks for having me on uh, always up for a good podcast so yes uh, yeah <laughs> looking forward to this yeah it's, it's always fun so yeah it's, it's one of my favorite parts of the week getting to chat <laughs> wrestling random <laughs> so how are you doing Stephen? <laughs> certainly yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so i've just uh finished work had a nice little early finish today. So my shoot job, mm-hmm. should I say, is uh, working in sports massage. So a nice little... Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. So working around like uh, professional fighters and trying to go into a lot more pro wrestling side of things. So mm-hmm. I've had a few workers in as well because, as you know, from training, you just your back's just absolutely knackered. Everything just falls to bits. Yeah, I've, so, had take, I've had to take a week off the gym and everything as well. Yeah, really? so, yeah, my knee hurts, my ankle hurts, my shoulder hurts. I think I've pulled my pack. <laughs> the abs were hurt. But, oh, yeah, we did a tra- we did a seminar with um, jo- uh, Joseph Connors, and just uh, my body's just been sore ever since. <laughs> so, it was like three weeks ago and so far. I just had oh, a week yeah. off everything because <laughs> so, uh, we had to. Um, oh, no, we're at the wrestling Saturday and Sunday. I won't be training this weekend, so I thought it'd be the perfect week to just take a week off. <laughs> it's good. Sometimes it takes more of a uh, like more discipline to take a week off when you need it than mm-hmm. to keep going when you really can't be bothered. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So taking a week off every now and again is pretty smart, and it stops you from coming to people like me and spending more money. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose as well, my knee was bothering me. I was just because I tend to do like yeah. three three spin classes a week, so I was just I was struggling to yeah. keep up. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, that's what I thought I'd just give it a week off, try and get it. Yeah, I don't know what I did. Yeah, just it's been hurting for about two weeks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so how's your 2022 been so far, Riming? So, you know what, mate? It's been really good. Um, I got back into the ring for the first time in uh, probably about four years. So, my last match was round about probably mid-2017 oh, wow. to more early 2018. I can't really put a finger on when it was. Um, it was just a little bit more like adult life getting in the way. Yeah. And you kind of worry a bit more about that stuff. And uh, the circumstances have changed in like the last 12 months. So, I've been pestered by John Kane, Aaron Martin from... Paramount Pro Wrestling. Everything, probably like once every two or three months during like the four years out, he was like, come back to wrestling, do you want to do this, do you want to do that? <laughs> and, um, I didn't see him for, well, again, like a few years and I just went down to a Paramount show um, to see some of the lads because I used to train with a lot of them. Yeah. Because of, like, a bunch of them were all ex-Infinite Promotions lads and he kind of went with Paramount when Infinite started winding down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'd not seen him in 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 a few years, so I went to have a little meet up with him, 
uh, a little catch-up and stuff like that. And John, uh, Aaron Martin said to me, we've got a show in St. Helens next month, which is my hometown. <laughs> uh, at the end of January, do you want to go and do a tag match? I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, here we go. Yeah, and then ever since then, you've just put me on every show. And it's just been snowballing from there, which is quite nice. Yeah, how did you find getting back into training and the bumps after a couple of years off? Just like... uh, it, yeah, it sucked. <laughs> it really did suck. Uh, but it's 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 more of them. It's you just get used to it. It's. Yeah. I try to explain to people, saying, like, as I said, that, 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 that taking bumps doesn't hurt less. You just get used to them. <laughs> yeah, you just get, you just get conditioned to it. Uh, you probably hurt just as much as as when you did them on day one, but you mm-hmm. you just know what to expect, and you can just walk. Essentially, just try and walk it off. Yeah, but indeed. <laughs> You don't get any easier. It's just you, you've got a nice poker face after a couple of months. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so you got into a team with uh, Ben Reed, so the Shinobi Fight team. So yeah, Tell us yeah. a bit about the team and why, why did it come to an end? So it's, it, was, it, was last, it was last month. Yeah, so we kind of went our separate ways last month. Um, no, our last match was October 12th, round about, round about there, and it was <laughs> a nice little late on tag match. And we said to each other, we've been the tag team since January. We've done a sort of like nine months together. It was only really supposed to be a, I wouldn't say a throwaway, but it was only supposed to be like one or two matches together mm-hmm. just to more so get, get me back into the ring, get the ball rolling with me. Mm-hmm. But we're both from the, the same hometowns. Uh, he brought me in on the, the St. Helens show and we just, we just kind of gelled together. I've known him for a few years uh, and we just bounced off each other. I had like a nice little run with the tag titles and we said to each other, if, if we lose in October, we've already had like a nice little 10 month run together. Let's go and do exactly what we've done as a tag team, but as singles competitors, there was, oh, no, so. there was no maliciousness to the breakup. We're still boys and stuff like that. Usually when you see tag teams split up, they hate each other, but if there's ever a time when it's a two on one against him, I'm sure he'll give me a call and I'll go and help him out and vice versa as well. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's always nice when you yeah. There's a it's because because you're both want want to do separate things that you go apart rather than the obligatory oh turning on each other and then you have a feud and it's not really they're not always the best. You can't really, I can't remember many break up tag teams breaking up feuds that are good off the top of my head. So it's a, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, what one of my favourites of recent memory, not so much in like the mainstream, like WWE or AW, mm-hmm. what must have been about seven or eight years ago now when the models split up, Danny and Joey, mm-hmm. and they had a nice little split up and an amazing feud and title exchanges and this, that and the other, and it culminated in a, in a steel cage match for Infinite Promotions. And I'm not going to lie, mate, if you can ever find that on a back catalogue anywhere, it's somewhere in the ether. Mm-hmm. If you ever get a chance to watch that that run of shows between them two, it was oh, it was chef kiss, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, One of my favourite. Bit before I got that. into British wrestling, it was only 2017. I started watching. Yeah, so, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But they're both great. <laughs> oh no, absolutely amazing! Steel cage match finish and everything was just yeah. One of probably my favourite like tag team breakup feud mm. like out of any professional wrestling like at all. So. Yeah, because even like in, in the big ones, like when the Hardys boys broke up, that sucked. Yeah, yeah. and the when Edge and Christian, that was, that was amazing. So it's just like, yeah, yeah. 
The, sh- the shield one works pretty well in all yeah, that. Shield. The mega powers. That's, <laughs> that's yeah. going back a few years. So. <laughs> that's fair enough. That work. But yeah, so did, they, did you make your TNT debut? Was that, was that your debut on Sunday, or have you worked for them before? Oh, of course so, not. Yeah. No, um, I made my debut at Extreme Fields. So it's only like a couple. Oh of yeah, you're, you're, in the, you're in the Rumble, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my dropped by Gia Adams and thrown about ten feet into the crowd. Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> she's a she's a very very strong girl, uh, by yes, the way. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I remember it, you're in the Rumble. Now. I had a couple a few pints by the side of the Rumble got <laughs> Me and me and Casey Payne getting at it for a bit. It's it, it's great because Casey on on Wrestle Island, he's he's obviously a heel, isn't he? He's completely hated, but because we do a little bit of ring crew, the TNT faithful tend to recognise Casey, Max, Leon. So being in the middle of the ring with a whole crowd around us, um, Channing, not sure if you're going to bleep this or not, fuck him up, Casey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a nice little experience. Um, and then, like I said, when Gia Adams came out and basically deadlifted me into a Samoan drop, done the same with Casey and done the same with MBK. And I mean, we're all big dudes. We're all mm-hmm. 17 plus stone, all of us up there or thereabouts. And uh, I just felt like a feather. She picked me up like it was nothing. <laughs> yeah. Very, very strong girl, Gia. Yeah. That was, yeah. That's was a really fun show, that Extreme Field. I was, I, I was getting a bit wrestled out. So I was, I was thinking. So it's meant to be music, but they had none of the bands turned up apparently. So it's like, yeah, it was so. long. It was a long day. It was yeah. long day. Yeah, it's like it's like watching three shows back to back. I think it was eight. Was it eighteen matches on the Rumble? Was it sixteen matches on the Rumble? I can't remember. But yeah, it was really it was a really, really fun day. I did really enjoy. <laughs> because we start drinking so early, I think we start drinking about half eleven. So by the time we yeah. got to like five six o'clock, I thought. <laughs> It's a it's a full on like day drinking session. You expect it to just be like a nice chill day wrestling, and mm-hmm. when you, when you're in there from I can't remember when it started. I feel like it was one o'clock. One o'clock. Yeah. The, the first match started, all the doors open, then so you're drinking from one till, and we managed to get the ring down by ten o'clock at night. I think, I think at yeah, ten at nine. I think we. Left, yeah, because I, I remember we had an hour to get the ring down and get it in the van and mm-hmm. and get rid of it. And them stairs in the air uh, in the crazy house are just not fun to <laughs> to carry ring, ring out. But we had a nice little sweat on at the end. But ten hours, man, of, of, well nine hours for yourself, eight of drinking and wrestling. It, it seems like a good day, but the last couple will catch up for you, won't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we went to Weatherspoons and had a couple before because <laughs> we didn't know what the prices were going to be like. So we thought we well, let's get a bit tipsy before we get. <laughs> But yeah, it was yeah, it was a really fun day. I hope yeah, hope to do it again next year. So, what was your standout from that from that card from the extreme? I really enjoyed the chaos match. Um, who was he against? So, wasn't Brand, that. Brandon White versus oh Harrison something? Um, I can't remember I've, his name. I've got to be honest. I'm I'm back in wrestling for like the last twelve months. So I know um, yeah. Brent Bronco. Yeah. And Bronco, Bronco Brendan White, but yeah. some, some of the best was on the card that didn't necessarily. I can't remember his name. Yeah, it was, Bra- it was Harrison something. Oh, oh, but that that was I really enjoyed that. Uh, that 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 was a good match. I do remember that. Yeah, Greenwood uh, got the pop of the night. Didn't he? He's just, like, <laughs> just Charles Crowley. He's fantastic. Oh. Like, he 
his, his nickname definitely t- describes who he is because I, I was on the outside, like, I wanted to punch his head in. My girlfriend won't let my son get his T-shirt because it says spectacular twatch, so you can't walk around with that. <laughs> but that's the reason why I want it, to be honest. It's great. Imagine walking, in, walking into school with that. <laughs> so you can't go to college in that. You can't go to anything. You can't go to your nuns in that. You, you just won't be able to do anything. <laughs> that, ever, that should be part of the, the Brit Rest podcast, just your son walking around seeing a reaction from his nan. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to get home one day, I think. But, yeah, I liked, that, was, that was the first time seeing Charles Crowley live. Yeah, I I can't remember where I first seen him live. I think it was Sirens Furies. Like I said, I've only been back about yeah. 12 months, but I'm learning all these new names. Um, Charles Crowley stood out to me massively. Yeah. But it was the end of Sirens Fury. It was uh, Alexis Falcon versus someone I can't remember. But Alexis Falcon won. But throughout the night, they were doing like little carnival teasers. Mm-hmm. Um, leading up to Simon's Fury and at the end Charles Crowley comes out and kicks Alexis Falcon's head off in like an all women's show and then this mm-hmm. bloke comes out kicks her head off and yeah. then they've gone into that string of matches which is obviously going to culminate in a dog collar match which is yeah. going to be really interesting as well yeah, the girlfriend hated him by the end of that after that because he started, yeah. started he started criticizing her for putting weight on whilst going to Disneyland and stuff. And he, she can't say that. She can't, she can't yeah. criticize women's weight and stuff. He has he has been like that for months since I've been doing the um, doing the ring crew for TNT. Yeah, I've managed to watch that like unfold as it's gone on, and he has berated her for months. Like I, I think there was definitely some venom in that. Uh, in that forearm shitting with extreme mm-hmm. fields. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, mate, he deserved it. <laughs> I trying to think of well, no, matches just... I really enjoyed. There's loads. So, was a bad match on the whole show. No, there wasn't a bad match on the whole show. I'm trying to think. There was one that stood out for me massively, and now obviously I can't remember the names of, <laughs> of who it was. Obviously Crowley and Greenwood. Like, yeah, I, I like, I like uh, Lance Rivera versus it. Harley. That was, uh, that was, that was it, Lance Rivera and Harley. Um, and Harley hit that destroyer it just completely out of the blue it was a great little match that um, what, what else was there there was there was one that really um, Mike Byrne was it Mike Byrne and Dan Maloney in the main yes, event yes the main event that was good yeah yeah, yeah. I, was trying, I was trying to think um, if it too, was Mike Byrne but it definitely I was, was. I, was a bit, I was a bit too tipped and a bit too tired by the time the main event came I was like, oh, <laughs> well the crowd was chanting please come back for Mike yeah. Byrne after that match it was a uh, it was, it was, yeah, here's somebody I've wanted to see for ages as well. He tends to wrestle down south a lot. So it's like, yeah, he's, he's is he uh, like Cardiff, Swansea based, like South yeah, Wales? Yeah, I've, I've seen him. More, yeah, I've seen him more um, chaos when I've seen them online. But I think they're Bristol based. So yeah, anywhere around that area, so South yeah. Wales. Yeah, but yeah, and then yeah, he made your Wrestle Island debut. Well, same show as me. Yeah, Mon- Mondo Island. <laughs> that was, it was a really fun show I can't wait for it to be. He, said, he said he's still waiting on the footage to get it on YouTube so I was like oh no. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that so I think we worked out between the six of us in the match there was between 30 and 40 different styles of combat sports oh wow six of us and that little trade off I had with Aiden at the start was one, one of my highlights of this year to be honest because yeah, the I whole like, the whole I, second half of the show I need to watch because I was <laughs> I watched the first half of the show. So <laughs> I missed your six man tag. I missed that um, weird rumble tag, tag team rumble thing. I was like, so, uh, so yeah, that's why I really want to see it. 
I missed the tag team rumble, unfortunately. We watched a little bit of it on the screen backstage, and then the screen went off. I'm like, oh. <laughs> it wouldn't be a Wrestle Island show if there wasn't 52 wrestlers backstage, would there? <laughs> I think it was some crazy. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I really, I really, really enjoyed it. It was a great experience to, yeah, to do it with my son as well. So, so yeah, yeah. Oh, no. it's fantastic. Yeah, no, I've got a lot of respect for Aidenson and RPD. Obviously, coming from a little bit of a martial artsy background myself, uh, I really like watching them two work together or against each other, shall I say. And it was the first time seeing Dave Birch work as well. We was on a show together at, um, at Top Rope for Sheik El Champ over yeah. in Burnley. Or, or I was backstage, I didn't get to see him work, so getting a, a nice little front row seat to some of Dave Birch's stuff was really good to watch. Yeah, also, exactly. even yeah, if he did, yeah. if it did lose, it was still he was still fun to watch. Yeah, and yeah, RPD is blowing up in the last. It's only been. Oh, he yeah. made his debut not for long before lockdown started. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so for the last eighteen months, he's like number one contender, and like every company's in and stuff. He's absolutely amazing. Mm. Obviously, if you if you didn't know, he was ten and one as a professional boxer. If uh, <laughs> no one's let you know about that, yeah, I, I, I've interviewed him a couple of times, and it's yeah, he's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah, he's so good with the crowd, like in the meet and greet beforehand. That everybody, the crowd, love him when he comes out. It's, he's so good. Yeah. yeah. He's also one of the nicest people you've ever met in your life. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't decide whether it's RPD or Kevin Lloyd, Sexy Kev, who's the <laughs> nicest person I've ever met. I just love to sit and both down and just listen to them compliment each other. <laughs> it's just, just so, so, so nice. It's like, we don't deserve them both, just for who they are. <laughs> Yeah, Sex with Kevin is somebody I want to see more of. I think you've seen, I've seen, I think I've seen him have one match. Um, oh, he's wonderful. Uh, Odyssey, so against Two Bits, I think. Yeah, so Two Bits I'm a massive fan of as well. Um, and any of that technical style of wrestling, that sort of, uh, that, that sort of wrestling I, I really, really like. Two Bit and Sona on Ignition. I'm not, I think they've had a second match now, but the first match they had, yeah. Oh, um, TNT Ignition was really good. I was a big fan of that. Um, big, big, big fan of two of it. Yeah, you can do, you can do, you can do the brilliant technical stuff, or you can just batter you and just like it's just, yeah. it, looks, it looks legit both ways, and you're like, oh, it's so good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he's so young as well. So there's all these kids are like stupidly young, and they're all brilliant. So there's like, can't wait for like they're like 24, 25, and they're gonna be amazing. It's like, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm feeling like one of the old ones now. I've just hit 27 in September. And I've seen, seen some of these guys. Like, I remember, like, I was still considered young, and I was on a show with Joe Nelson, and I think he was 15 at the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wonder what ever happened to Joe Nelson. He's, 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 he's disappeared, hasn't he? Yeah, he's gone off. The, he's gone off the map. I, I honestly don't know, don't know what's happened to him nowadays. But he was at one point Britain's youngest wrestler. I'm not sure if he started wrestling. Like actually on I shows, think, where, I think he was. I think he just turned fifteen when I interviewed him in like early eighteen. <laughs> I think it was four GW. Yeah, four um, GW over in Stoke. Um, I done like a, a little carnival out there with sort of someone who's not wrestling anymore. Obviously, dad duty is getting away and stuff like that. But he was very good. Uh, Phil Dixon, Phil Jacobs. He was a. Uh, he was just. It was a very, very, like, smash mouth, just, the, the way I could describe him, like, um, Danny Birch from NXT. Yeah. He had that sort of style about him. 
like a bit of Brit Resport, a bit of like hard nose, hard knock style. He's really, really good. Obviously, like I said, just you get a touch older and your dad you see is getting away and full time jobs. And it's, it's, it's a shame he stopped, man. Um, but yeah, we drove out there and he wrestled Joe Nelson when I think it was like 14, 15, 16 at the time. <laughs> and we just knew then, like, how class he was and we just couldn't wait to, to see what he's doing now in his 20s, whatever, whatever he's doing. Yeah, yeah, he's great. <laughs> then we got um, Paramount Wrestling returns to Neverton. Uh, yeah, ninth of December, uh, five year before Christmas. Great yeah. card, stack card announced so far. So I'm sure there's more, Matt. There's more yeah. to be announced. <laughs> yeah, so main events: Charlie, ver- Charlie Brennan versus Isaac North for the Legacy Championship. Yeah, I'd like the this little get together become like. Charlie being a bit darker, it's, it's been really cool. Cause he's, at Wrestle Island, he's just like the, the prince of the island, he's dead happy, he comes out to, yeah. just can't wait to be king, but from the Lion King and stuff, so it's, it's been a bit weird seeing him as a, like a stark character with Isaac North. Yeah, so I, I've been on the receiving end of, of Nasty Charlie, and he's yeah. not really that, to be honest. <laughs> he, I, I think it's done him a world of good, mm-hmm. aligning with Isaac, because He's probably got a little bit more hard hitting, yeah, um, than the the plucky baby face child that you might use, that Wrestle Island might be used to. Um, but since he's become a little bit more hard hitting, a little bit more dark, and then um, for those who don't know, on the last show or the two shows before that, Charlie's unaligned himself with Isaac North in the wrestling for the legacy belts, which is always going to be fun. But seeing that, seeing that change in him and. Not so much like coming of age, but just growing up and just hitting harder. And if, like I said, I've been on the, the receiving end of it. There's a bit at the start, just pull back the curtain a little bit, should I say, when he started being a little bit more, a little bit more heel. I think I was one of the first or second matches, third match as heel Charlie, heel Charlie Brennan. <clears throat> and he had me in the corner and he threw, he threw a clothesline. And you could kind of feel like he was still being nice Charlie about it. Mm-hmm. And he threw it in, I felt it. But I just I shouted, shouted down his ear, you can hit me hard and that, you pussy. And <laughs> I regret saying it now, because he hit me about four or five after it, and nearly knocked my jaw off. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And grabbed my wrist, big drag out, short arm, lariat, took my head off. And in my head, I was, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, why did I goad him on? <laughs> hit me harder. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I really regret saying that to him, but seeing he, he, villainous heel, horrible Charlie's like first row, like being as a front row view, taking some of the shots where you can throw as a heel, I think that's really going to add to his his babyface game a little bit more, especially at the island because that match with Tommy Jackson was that's wonderful as well. It looks like he's going into a feud with uh, Mr. Williams now, based on oh, has it? That, that. Um, it's not what the end, no. the end of that match, uh, Mr. Williams. Um, ah, yeah, yeah. Reverse T- um, DDT them on the stage. I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. When I interviewed him, he then he had four matches. So I need to get him back on again. <laughs> it's like this happy little 18 year old who's only had, had a couple of matches. So like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I saw him at Britannia at a, one of the a carnival. And he goes, oh, I got asked to be a, a heel. So I just did what. Dan Evans does. <laughs> just, just, yeah, he, do, he, do, he does look like if Dan Evans was a Russian doll, Charlie. <laughs> be but um, that was a couple, obviously a couple of years ago. Um, he's kind of grew into his own little 
I love I, I love him on wrestling. I love Charlie as like a proper plucky baby face because everyone loves him to bits. But I really, really enjoyed him being the the horrible bastard that we all know he can be now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the tag team championships. So you got Pitbull and Joey Rush versus Jinnah. Yeah, Ben yeah. Evans. Oh, this should be fun. So, so was it yeah. uh, Pitbull and Joey Rush who defeated you for the titles? I guess. No. So yeah. we originally defeated. So going back to. Fightmare Before Christmas last year, Joey Rush and Pitbull beat uh, Jackson Abbott and uh, Erebus, who they're not with the company anymore, they're just on, on the back burner at the moment, but they're still around. And that's when we went into Shinobi versus the consortium, Joey Rush and Pitbull, and we had our nice little summer of Shinobi. So we beat them for the titles originally, and then we lost him to Isaac and Charlie at September, in September Stampede, the show was called. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. And then we had the very wonderful um, Unlucky 13 rules match. <coughs> but it was, yeah, that was just bedlam. When you, I remember <laughs> watching your podcast with, my, my man's called like Adam Kearns. Yes. I remember, I remember watching that a couple of days ago, and you said he was just backstage, just stapling barbed wire to two by four <laughs> that is a hundred percent what Isaac like backstage seeing him uh poking more nails into carpet grippers and <laughs> all that wonderful stuff mm-hmm. uh so that was just absolute bedlam and I got pinned at the end of that match oh. uh, but Dave Faulkner come out German suplexed me and then Pitbull is the smarmy little get that he is just uh craw- crawled over stole the win and then, just like last year, uh, consortiums, the Paramount Professional Wrestling Tag Jumps again. Yeah. Well, yeah, we've just mentioned Adam Kearns yeah. against Aaron yeah. Martin. That should be a fun match, you know. And, uh, uh, your, your former partner against Ben Reed, against a, a local Liverpool legend, Frankie Sloan. Um, yeah. And then Liam Carr versus uh, Martin Law has also been announced. Yeah. So. Martin Law is the... I'll go back to the others as well, but Martin Law has been my favourite thing about Paramount Professional Wrestling in the in the last three or four months. He's, he's somebody I need to see live. I've not, I've not seen, had the pleasure of seeing him live yet. He's absolutely wonderful. So technically, his technical wrestling, <laughs> he's very, very good. He's like fundamentally sound at practically everything. His, his charisma is something that you need to see because this <laughs> show bores the living daylights out of every single person in the room mm-hmm. and then whoever comes out through that curtain and batters Martin Laura over <laughs> becomes the most loved person mm-hmm. in Paramount <laughs> Martin comes out with a signed picture of himself he's like the most pompous he's like it's it's like the British version of Miz TV whenever you hear Miz talking you just want the next person to come through the curtain yeah and smash his head in. And that's exactly what's been happening on the last couple of shows. So <laughs> Isaac North come out on a manhunt for Charlie Brown. And not many people are a fan of Isaac North, but when he's throwing Martin Law all over the gaff, <laughs> uh, when they absolutely despise him after his talk show, yeah, <laughs> Isaac become the most loved person on that whole entire show just because he come out and battered Martin Law. Yeah. But then watch him. Watching Martin in a, in a match, he's like I said, is he's so fundamentally sound, like technically sound. At, at just his, his style, it's 
there's no flashy moonsaults or 450s or anything like that. But when you break it down to what fundamental professional wrestling is, it's a, just a wonderful match to watch. It's just, it's, I'd sooner watch a match that's simple done right yeah. than extravagant done wrong and Martin Law is, is basics are just through the roof. He's, he's just, he is very, very good. And Liam Carr is exactly the same. He's great. Yeah. Uh, Liam Carr's a little bit more flashy, but when you've got a six, you've got a six foot six, six foot seven dude being able to move the way that he can move, it's oh, it's brilliant. So it's going to be a very fun. Like keep saying the word technically sound. That's exactly what that match is going to be. Yeah, yeah. The hell card looks great. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put I'll put ticket take, take information in the description if anybody wants to go along to the show. This is Charlie Bennett, and you're listening to Broken But Glorious. Let's go way back. So, who was your favourite wrestler growing up? So. Favourite wrestler growing up? So, I'm quite a late bloomer when it comes to professional wrestling. Hmm. My earliest memory of professional wrestling was around about 2008, and I can't picture what was first. But I've got three images in my head, and two of them include Jeff Hardy. Yes. So, <laughs> I'd probably go back, like, Jeff Hardy was the, the guy who got me into pro wrestling, so I've always got a soft spot for him. So my earliest memory, I'm not sure which come first, was Jeff Hardy jumping off the truck against Umaga in the Falls Count Anywhere match. John yeah. Cena returning as number 30 in the Royal Rumble in 2008. 2008, yeah. And I've also got a vivid memory of Jeff Hardy doing a swanton off the, the cage at the Elimination Chamber off the pod. Yeah. So I can't remember which one of them come first, but that was my earliest memory. But pardon me, of professional wrestling. Yeah, I was, so. I was trying to remember. Yeah, I wasn't. I didn't have Sky in 2008, so I didn't watch yeah. very much. I kind of just caught up highlights. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't. It wasn't until 2011 we saw, my, my oldest got into wrestlers, and we just watched it all the time. So <laughs> it, was, it was kind of a bit of my hiatus. Yeah, but we've gone back and watched them all now. But his, yeah, his his favorite wrestlers were. Um, Jeff Hardy and Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. Seems to be anybody who's in their twenties and see if Jeff, Jeff Hardy or Rey Mysterio are the favourite yeah. wrestlers growing up. <laughs> uh, going back to like my favourite wrestler of all time, though, as I've been watching it a lot more, um, mm. any of like again the technical wrestling guys. So Kurt Angle, absolutely brilliant. And even looking back mm. at like Stan Rubbers tag team wrestling, I've always, whenever I've wanted to try and find a move that I think would suit my style. It's usually a big tag team or uh, singles. I always look towards Kurt Angle or the Steiner Brothers. Yeah, definitely. So I'll probably go back to them too as well as me, me, me favourite all-time wrestlers. Everyone's got a, a soft spot for Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Stone Cold, The Rock. FTX, yeah. But it sounds a bit cliche saying them four, but they are probably the... <laughs> The, the most probably the most influential wrestlers of like the past twenty thirty years, if Definitely. you include like Hulk Hogan as well. But I want to be, I want to try and be a little bit more obscure. Kurt <laughs> Angle or the Steiner Brothers. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, yeah, I love them. Steiner Brothers was my, my my favorite team in like the early nineties when I got into wrestling. That their short spell they had in WWF. <laughs> so what prompted you to do on the tights and get in the ring yourself? It was a complete accident, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> I started off doing kickboxing and mixed martial arts. I competed um, in mixed martial arts a handful of times. So I originally started at the Infinite Promotions wrestling gym in St. Helens, and they were renting a space from 
a gym called Hammer, the Hammer Academy of Mixed Martial Arts, Charlton St. Helens. So they had like a room and a matted space where they put the wrestling ring and the promoter at the time, Kira McConnell. And also Dave Faulkner was one of yeah. my first MMA coaches. But yeah, it is quite poetic that Dave Faulkner got me into, was my first MMA coach and was probably one of the reasons why I got into professional wrestling because Kira McConnell, who yeah. ran Infinite in that, um, in that room, that, that space would come on the mats with Dave Faulkner and just like, learn proper sit, like sit throughs and Granby rolls and some of the more fundamental stuff that you can add to your pro wrestling game from yeah. Greco Roman catch and so on and so on. And then all of a sudden I just had a little bit of time off throughout the day. I was in college and I just came over to Hammer, had a little chill out with the coaches and that because I've been there a few years. Uh, my college was only around the corner. I was about 18, 19 at the time. Might be a touch older. Getting on. Um, and Kieran McConnell was there and just popped me head in and said, hi, Kieran, you're all right. And uh, we just started chatting. And he went, yeah, I thought about giving this a go. So I, I, I jumped in and never looked back, really. And that's how I got into that's how I got into professional wrestling. I was training with them for about a year and then made my debut around about 2016, maybe, 2017. Oh, so, so I'm guessing it wasn't Jeff Hardy who wanted to mold, mold your style around when you started training. So it wasn't more the Steiner Brothers... Angle or so. it was it was more myself it was more myself like when I first started there was obviously I'd competed in mixed martial arts and and so on and so on so the idea of <coughs> someone showing me how to do choke slam how to do up all of the more flamboyant sides of professional wrestling I wasn't really that into mm-hmm. but like popping your hips for a scoop slam suplexes. Or like the very minute details of technical wrestling, um, hip tosses and all that. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it more so probably because I could do them. I, I felt like that sounded a little bit egotistical, but I felt like because I was better at that side of things, I kind of gravitated that to that more than when they were trying to show me how to, like how to do a springboard or how to do a crossbody off the top rope or anything like that. Because <laughs> about, of course, I was a little bit nervous because I've never done that side of things before. I gravitated to the suplexes and the throws and the technical wrestling side of, of, of pro more because I was more familiar with it. So I just kind of molded who I was off that. Yeah. How did you find the, the character side of things? Was, does it, is it weird? Uh, fact, do you find it weird having to make noises when you punch him when you don't really make noises when you punch him? Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> It's professional wrestling never made two sides of the same coin. It's mm-hmm. Rock Lesnar bouncing between the two is a perfect example. He excelled in both. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, they're the complete opposites. So again, pulling back the curtain a tiny bit, I wanted to pull, pull, pull in punches and kicks. <laughs> thing that I had to learn to do in all honesty. Um, the character side of things was also a little bit difficult because you don't really talk shit in, in, in mixed martial arts. <laughs> if you talk shit and then get your red panned in, then you're going to look a fool, aren't you? And there's only a, a handful of people, especially back then, who could do it well, like if you're, a, you're Conor McGregor's, Colby Covington's, and everyone else like that. There's only a handful of good mixed martial artists who robbed uh, ideas from professional wrestling to be able to market themselves to the top. Yeah. And going the other way, it was it was probably quite difficult to do. Yeah, so the character, the character side of things I did find a lot more difficult than the actual technical side of it, should I say. 
as you can, as you can tell, me as a professional wrestler in the ring is more, more or less exactly who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I go in there and, and just enjoy competition. I enjoy getting punched in the face. I enjoy getting chopped. I enjoy getting beaten up. I just enjoy like the competitiveness, like the competition side of, of professional wrestling than the actual character performance, should I say. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm going to have to yeah, really work on the character yeah. side of things. So. Got character in my head, but whether I can actually do it in front of people is going to be, I've not, like, never done any yeah. acting or anything. So, <laughs> so the, I've got, an, there's an idea in my head that may come into fruition in the next couple of months, hopefully. And I remember, I feel like it was Triple H said in an interview, it's professional wrestling and your real life self needs to be yourself turned up to 11. And you can see that with someone like Matt Riddle, who Matt Riddle is just, He's the exact same inside the ring than he is outside the ring, but he's obviously a lot more flamboyant. He's, he's turned his himself up to 11, and I feel like you're going to see that in the next couple of months. So hopefully if if it works out, you'll see the, the next stage of a wrestling career, and hopefully it, it catches on and takes off. Oh, nice. Really looking forward to it. <laughs> so look, look, looking forward, uh, have you got like a, a wish list of opponents or companies you want to work for in like the next year or so? Or? Um, yeah, so I've got a handful. So knockout wrestling, there's yeah. a few. There's a very, very. You, they're probably in like the same group of of shows. So knockout wrestling, Catch Pro. I'd like to be a bit more of a mainstay at TNT and Wrestle Island, which I hope I can be able to do next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, then more Kingdom of Wrestling. There's so many good promotions in that in around the Northwest. It's a proper hotbed for. For professional wrestling, I have I already made my debut in my little 2016-2017 run for BWP, but getting back over there is definitely on the cards. Yeah. I, uh, I yeah. love I love Wales and I love the guys who run it. But there's a new set of guys who run yeah. it. It's not <clears throat> I bought them when it was Steve Saxon. Yeah, that was really nice. Rye's really nice. Yeah, funny uh, um, well, enough, Rye Lloyd. So I've got I've got two debuts that are counters. As my professional like wrestling debuts, I can't really pick between the two. Mm-hmm. One is the first time I worked a a carnival, which is still classed. It's the first time I worked in front of a live crowd, mm-hmm. and then one that you class as like a main show. So difference between BWP do a load of carnivals, and then you've got the actual shows that you do in in like Denby and Prestatyn. Yeah. So my first ever debut match on a show was against Ryloid. Oh wow! Yeah. That so not a bad person. <laughs> Yeah, we absolutely made up with that. So I'd love to, I'd like to think that I've improved since then and I'd love to run it back with him because obviously he would have improved in six years, I would have improved in six years. So I'd love to run that match back and see the difference of how I wrestled as a debutant versus mm-hmm. Rye versus how I am now. Yeah. And then Kieran McConnell was quite high on me as a professional wrestler. I, I don't know why. I think it was round about the time MMA was booming and he just wanted like a little MMA guy to kind of not necessarily put the rockets on, but to, to kind of put me in there and get me up to speed a little bit quicker. So Kieran put me in my first ever match on a show, um, on like a main show against Dean Ormark. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So when, when he told me that, I shot myself <laughs> to be completely <laughs> been doing it for maybe 12, 12 months of training. Uh, probably a little bit less, and he was like, "Yeah, we're good. I want to put you on against the Mark. 
Uh, technical wizard. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he, he's he's so so good. Um, I'll I'll surprise you never got uh, took by NXT UK. Even if, even if they didn't want him as a wrestler, just have him as a coach to be around the place. Was it? It's so it's smart. Very good. Yeah. I, d- I don't I don't understand the reasoning. There's like the guys who were like mainstays from 2010 to like 2014. I feel so bad, but it's almost like they got left behind, and there's so many guys who should have been on those shows, like NXT UK. They got they got a world of sports for that that first season they done, but the fact that they didn't get picked up any sooner, it it, it just makes me sad to be honest. Like the models are the best tag the mo- team. The models, the Hunt, the Hunter brothers, James yeah. Mason, James Mason, Frankie, remember Frankie Sloan. He's been he's been everywhere. He's been on TNA, ECW, um, but there were so many like good guys who I don't understand why they didn't pick him up. I just think it's 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 kind of like the dark ages for professional wrestling in the UK. They were everyone knew about them in the UK, but for whatever reason, America just didn't want them, and it makes me so sad because they're still the the wrestlers that I look up to who were just absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah, thought, yeah. Yeah, so I went. I, I went from only ever seeing him at All Star, so he was just, he's in these technical. Yeah, him versus Jay Mason is at the same time probably the best technical match I've ever seen, and probably the most funniest match I've ever seen. Just the way they're doing things. Because <laughs> going from seeing him at All Star to then seeing him at TNT Extreme, he's still this brilliant technical wrestler, but he does all the extreme stuff as well. I was like, oh, yeah, he's just he's just a different kettle of fish. Seeing him versus <laughs> like Christian at the CNC GCW Weekender. Hmm. Um, Dean Allmark versus versus Blake Christian. Oh my god! I've heard, I've heard that was amazing. Yeah, so I think the finish of the match was a top rope ruby cutter. <laughs> I think it, I, I've got in my head him reversing a Spanish fly into a ruby cutter. Yeah, I just don't understand how you could do that through midair. But yeah, man, man, I saw him against the you know, Dan Maloney for the title. Yeah, so triple threat. I can't remember what happened. He got injured. <laughs> he went backstage. He, just came from, he came from the other side of the and then off the top of the stairs did a somersault. <laughs> it must have been a triple threat. I, I don't feel it's that show. Yeah, I feel good. like I wasn't ring crewing for that. Yeah, um, I think, I, think it was, I want to say Maxted was in it. Maybe a triple threat. Adam Maxted. I feel like he was in it. Was he the? Did he have the TNT title at one point? Who did Maloney take the title off? I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it was a triple threat between them three. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just, just, yeah. Just from nowhere, he's just some assault on the top onto the base of the middle. Like, wow. So, Mad Dog Mike Angus, yeah, had the best description of Dean Ormark in like a, a pre like fight announcement. He said something along the lines of, "If you've seen a move that was invented in the last five years, <laughs> it was probably invented by Dean Ormark." Yeah, and it made it so true. Just, yeah, when when the All Star Academy was over, I used to love watching the videos of him. It was usually on Tyler Adams or RJ Silver just <laughs> practicing his new move. <laughs> I wonder what happened to RJ Silver. I've not seen him for a while either. No, I've not seen him for a while. Like him and Joe Nelson have just disappeared off the face of the earth. <laughs> this is KC Payne, and you're listening to BBG Wrestling. Alright, so if you're promoting for the day, promoting an event, so you're the wrestlers you've ever worked or trained with. Yeah. to you in any way. So, yeah. <laughs> so if I give you a match type, you tell me who you put that match. Uh, what what was that match? Was that the opener? 
if I just give you a match tag, you tell me who you'll put in the match. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah and as it's your card, you can only get three-way, four-way, five-way, intergender. Just throw stupid stipulation on if you want. Your cards. <laughs> cool. So, so who, who'll be in your opening contest? Get the crowd excited. So, going back to Infinite, the Infinite started in 2012. It was Kieran McConnell and Zach Gibson who started it. I think Zach Gibson stopped around about 2014. And the reasoning behind Infinite wanting to be different than everyone else, they said that it was kind of a little bit big-headed, to be honest, but they wanted to put a match on for the opener that everywhere else in the country would be considered a main event. Yes. So the Infinite's first ever match on their debut show was the Babyface Pitbull versus Cyanide. <laughs> so that was, that was the opener for the show. Yeah. So I'm kind of going to, in the... In the year of how Infinite done it and who I've worked with, and because it'd be just a technical masterclass, I'd put Dean Allmart versus Liam Carr Ooh, in, in the opener because the technical wrestling would be amazing and that match could just main event anywhere in the country yeah, and people definitely. really watch. Yeah. I'd love to watch that match. Yes. Yeah. Burbone sing- singles, one fall to a finish. Mm-hmm. Yes. Be absolutely amazing. I'm surprised that match has never happened. Does that I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure it will in the future. Yeah. Liam, Liam yeah. Carr's back from yeah, seeing yeah, 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 he needs to get everywhere. He is. Yeah. Pre, pre uh, lockdown, he seems to be branching out. And then, yeah. Would, so, going on to Liam Carr before we go on to the rest of the match, the reason he got onto the Canada Death Tour, I know, I've mentioned it a few times, talking about pulling back the curtain a little bit. Yeah. I like to keep, um, I like to keep, Wrestling, wrestling, to be completely honest with you. He was at a Mega Slam show and was in a multi-man match and yes. got knocked out on the apron. This was like probably five months into him wrestling. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, he got knocked out unconscious on the apron, got a concussion and managed to be able to calm his tag team partners down and get them back on top and be able to finish the match. Wow. Yeah, so he managed to, from being completely unconscious, to waking back up and getting his lads and instructing his lads where to be to be able to finish and win that match. And he'd done that after being knocked out on the apron. Oh, wow. And there was a guy from Canada who was over, and he said, did you obviously corner your lads from the apron there and tell them like what to do and obviously how to, how to get on top and win? And he said, yeah, why? And he said, right. How long have you been doing this for? And he went about five months. He went, right, that's it. Canada wow. Death Tour, two months. I want you to come with me. I'll pay for you to come over. Or, oh, yeah, basically, you're coming with me. So, the best rookie year in professional wrestling I've seen out of everyone. Some 17, 18 year old kid got on the Canada Death Tour in five months into his professional wrestling career. Yeah, that's amazing. So that's how, that's how good Liam Carr is. And I, I speak to him a lot. And believe me, 2023 is going to be absolutely phenomenal for Liam Carr. He's back. Yeah, brilliant. I'm so excited. Cool. Oh, about a, a comedy style match? There's not many comedy wrestlers I've shared the ring with or trained with, but there's two guys who are naturally funny. Yeah. Um, um, John Buster Ellis, Big Johnny Ellis. Yeah. The same just, just, open, just opened the only slams. Or he's opened. He's opened his only slams, and people can pay him to get body slammed by him. <laughs> absolutely wonderful. The Saint Helens Love Machine himself uh, <laughs> comes comes out to a little bit of Marvin Gaye, 
that transitions into Chelsea Dagger. <laughs> His ideas are absolutely amazing. He wants to do the Bray Wyatt gimmick where he blows a lantern out, but with, with like a candle. <laughs> uh, oh, he's, yeah, he's, he's so naturally funny. And he's just completely come out of his shell in like the last six months. And I think he's the longest reigning uh, um, prestige champion mm-hmm. for Paramount. And he's defended he, against some big names. He kept up Kid Bandit yeah. recently. Yeah, so he wrestled Kid Bandits. Um, great match. Absolutely amazing match. He's wrestled Mickey Barnes a few times. So if you're a big fan of like British wrestling, Mickey Barnes is arguably the best big man wrestler we've got in the UK. He's so, so, so good. He's got a match that's going to be announced for Paramount soon, so keep your eyes peeled for that. And yeah, it's it's going to be very, very, very good. There's, do you know what? I've just thought about this person last minute. Okay. I'm going to change this from a one-on-one to a triple threat. Um, my second man that I was going to announce in a one-on-one versus Buster Ellis was Aaron Martin. Mm-hmm. Now, again, his, his style, he's no-nonsense and all that. But, pardon me. Some of the little digs and jabs he gets to you in a match that he'll say under his voice will make <laughs> you crease yourself laughing. He was originally taught by Frankie Sloan. Now, remember, he's been doing it for about 16 years, I believe, pushing 17 now. So he's a, he's a Frankie Sloan student. He's, and everyone knows Frankie Sloan, how funny he is, and he's just got Frankie's sense of humour. And <laughs> I keep on saying pulling back the curtain, but he's the, <laughs> he's the only person... Yeah. that I know who has made Isaac North smile in the ring. <laughs> and what he done is he come out and went full Doctor of Fugonomics while Isaac North was in the ring. <laughs> and Aaron Martin was spitting a freestyle rap about Isaac North before the match. He's just so, so naturally funny. And I think between them two, they'll have an amazing match. Um, comedy style, he just had the crowd laughing, just like little tiny things. Another person who I've just thought of last minute, he, he's quite new. Um, when it comes to professional wrestling, he probably started around about the same time as yourself. Yeah. But he's, he's just so naturally funny. Um, Xander Matthews, his name is. Again, if you've, if you've heard the Arctic Monkeys, when, when the sun goes down, you've heard how long that intro is. <laughs> he's pompous enough to make people wait for that intro and then him come out. <laughs> yeah. Um, comes out of a Hawaiian shirt on, like the ugliest little leopard print shirt you've ever seen. He'll change it every single show. And he's just so witty and funny. And someone said to him on, on the last show, <laughs> he said, where did you get that shirt from? He said, I got, I got it for your mum and dad's closet. Don't worry, I'll give it you back later when I go and see you. Mom. <laughs> and it shut the man off and the crowd's laughing their head off. And he's, he's Martin Law's little lackey at the moment. Yeah. And between them two, they're just, they're just wonderful to watch. But I'd throw, I'd throw Xander Matthews in there, mainly because I want to see Johnny and Aaron smash his head in. Cause that'll be <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've changed that to a triple threat last minute while we've been talking about it. Oh, that sounds fun. about a women's, a women's title match? So I've only really trained with, well, trained or had a match with two, um, two women. And the only person I've, the only woman I've wrestled with or even like locked up with or done anything with like on a show was Gia Adams, who I mentioned before. Yeah. So it's going to have to be Gia Adams. You'd happily have her on a show. She's just an absolute unit. She's so, again, she's so strong. It's unbelievable. Seems to be anywhere in the Northwest. If you get, if you get any combination of Gia Adams, Tonga, Alexis Falcon or, um, 
really either. Just any any combination of them or them four in a tag team match. It just yeah, you can yeah. headline any show in the northwest. Yeah. And nobody will complain. So, so. so you've just announced <laughs> you just mentioned <laughs> one of against Gear Adams. So when I started training Infinite, Lizzie was Lizzie Evo was about somewhere between like seventeen and nineteen, and we'd have training matches, and she was brilliant then, and she's even like more brilliant now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Gia, Gia Adams versus Lizzie Evo would yeah. be again. I think I think we've seen it before, but I'd happily like pay to see it again. It would be a great match. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, was there, was there any recently I've seen, seen Lizzie against another woman because I've seen her against CJ Banks at a Mega Slam show. Yes. And I saw her against Pitbull at Wrestle Island. It was, yeah, it was only recently I saw, saw her against uh, very soon into gender matches for a while. So like, but it doesn't matter who, <laughs> who, who Lizzie faces, to be honest. She's a scouse bird from Python. She'll be back. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm equally as scared as her. Um, but at the same time, she's, she's a lovely girl. I've, I've known her for probably the, the better part of like six years now, like, Obviously, training with her and watching her on shows and have a little catch up every time, like I see her at a show. She's a really nice person, but you wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of her because she just, <laughs> she just wink you. She's great. Definitely. But yeah, Gia Adams versus Lizzie. Uh, I've said it. Probably, yeah. We've probably said it before, but I'll happily pay to see it again. Definitely. Yeah. Love to see it. Um, uh, Mid card title match, so like a workhorse title type thing? Oh. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry, I had to think about. <laughs> There's some, there's someone who gets overlooked massively, and it's Andre Decker. Oh, definitely, yeah. Whenever Wrestle Island say, who do you want on the show? Andre Decker. He's local. Yeah. He, he lives around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> he, he lives in Wallasey. Yeah. Or, or Birkenhead. He's, he's so, so, I had the pleasure of, uh, of wrestling him a couple of months, uh, last month. Yeah. About the start of this month, November 5th. Yes, only a couple of weeks ago. And he's just, he's, again, he's, he's so good. Yeah, knows the character. And I love the way he comes out with his bottle of whiskey. And he's like, oh. <laughs> the bottle of rum. Also, a bottle of rum. He's a bottle, yeah. he's a bottle of rum. He's, he's Caribbean. <laughs> Don't be saying whiskey around him. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, but he's a complete arsehole as character. But yeah, but he's the nicest guy yeah. in real life. So, <laughs> yeah. so we was at a, a seminar with Warhorse. And Decker was there as well, being his, being his drunken self, I suppose. And he was asking about how would you be able to market yourself, you know, when you go over to the merch table, you, you want to be, you want to be a heel, but you also want to be able to be seen approachable. And what are the good ways of, of being able to do that? And Warhorse just said, just put a glass down and say money, money for beer or money, <laughs> m- money for alcohol or money for rum. Yeah. And just put it, just put it there next to your merch stand and, would people would happily like lap that up? Yeah, definitely. And give them obviously give them like an eight by a ten for it, and that would be your way coming forward. Uh, but yeah, Andre Decker he's, he's so overlooked. He, he knows exactly who he is, and he works that. But don't be fooled because he can go. <laughs> he can. Yeah. Odyssey's uh, he won the Rumble last year and he's been in the main yeah. events around there, but yeah. he, he needs to be more places. Yeah. So. He he doesn't do a lot because he doesn't need to do a lot, but don't let that fool you. He can he is he can go further. He, he can he can pull a match just by crowd work and beating people up, but mm-hmm. when it's go time and he needs to bust something, 
a, a little bit flashy out of his back pocket, so he, he can definitely do it. He's definitely amazing. So overlooked. Yeah, I'd, ha- I'd, I'd have him against a guy who's not wrestling anymore, and it's a crying shame. It's it's an absolute tragedy that he can't wrestle anymore. Uh, Honorable Miles Johnson. Yes. So yeah, somebody, somebody I never got to see live. It's, it's he ever heard good things about. He's he's the best wrestler who had to stop before his time. He was ah, oh, mate. It's it's honestly it's making me tear up a little bit now. Like of where he'd be and what he'd be doing now. Um, he he got injured and had to stop basically before his time. And I just that's on my dream card because he is a worker. He is a workhorse. Like. I remember a story about him. We was wrestling over in Anglesey, mm-hmm. and he he gave me he gave me a, a body slam. And this ring that we was on, it wasn't like flat boards. That obviously when people see wrestling, um, a wrestling ring put up, they are it hurts to get slammed on. And by the way, but they're like flat, they're like flat boards with like a thin piece of foam just to make it that tiny, tiny bit more palatable. But this wrestling ring, it had the foam, but they were long, like, 16-foot, 2 by 4 planks. Do you know what Ooh, I mean? Oh, yeah. A thick set. No, no give <laughs> No give whatsoever. So he gave me a body slam, and I felt it, and I was like, I moved me back a tiny, tiny bit, and I felt one of the planks had slipped over the other one, so it was probably, like, an inch and a half raised, like, edge of a plank Ooh, of wood, if yeah. you get me. Now, 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 Miles Johnson's finisher is a top rope diving headbutt. <laughs> he, he salutes, he, he salute our majesty, dives off through the air and drops his forehead anywhere between your, your jaw and your face. <clears throat> so I, I was pretty, I was pretty privy to this and felt this on my back and I had to move out the way and he comes flying down and headbutts the corner of that. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I remember I was laid there, felt it on my back, and I was looking at him climbing the rope, going, "You poor bastard! Like you have no idea what's coming." And yeah, he, he, uh, uh, but that that wasn't the injury that stopped him. Like, but that was just just a story that I remember. Mm. He was such a, he was such a good worker, and like I say, it's an absolute tragedy. So the reason I put him in the card is because I'd love to see him wrestle one more time, and especially someone like Andre Decker. Yeah, be an absolute, be an amazing match. match. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, a hardcore extreme rules star match. So this can be anything from a running round with a twenty four seven title right up to death match. And <laughs> <laughs> so, work for Paramount. I'm sure there's lots of people who like hardcore stuff. <laughs> yeah, so we've, we've got Isaac. We've got Isaac North, who, <laughs> like I said, he's yeah, he's always got carpet grippers in the back of his car. I don't know why. Uh, he's got a barbed wire baseball bat. I've, I've seen him just walk in with a <laughs> but less like an Asda shopping trolley of just it's just it's just an Asda shopping trolley of pain, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like like I said, you said with Adam Kearns that you've just seen him like wrapping barbed wire and stapling it into a plank of wood. That's that's, that's all he did for the, the two yeah. hours. Everybody else was sort talking, sewing up their matches <laughs> and he was just there in the corner just just, just, stapling, just, stapling, just stapling this barbed wire <laughs> to this Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he's, he's got to be in it. He fight me before Christmas last year. We like to build the Neverton shows as a little bit more. So it's it's a little bit more than PG, but it's not going to be a 15 or an 18 show like TNT. 
12A. So we always we always kind of build it as as a twelve A. Like it's going to be a little bit a little bit more edgy stuff. There's not going to be swearing or anything like that. But like Black Adam was a twelve A, and I took my seven year old to it. And if you have a weird shit, you're like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so you, you can you can take your kids to that, but we build it as a twelve A and never did. Because there is going to be a little bit more edgy stuff. Mm-hmm. So there was a hardcore match last year between my former tag partner Ben Reed and Isaac North. Ooh, yeah. And Neverton's a fun place to be because the kids are amazingly rabid. They're absolutely fantastic. The the kids you want at a wrestling show. Yeah. And Ben and Isaac had a, a hardcore match or no disqualification match. Isaac brings out the carpet grippers. He brings out the, the barbed bats. He brings out all that fun stuff. And the kids, some of them like, pardon me, some of them like 10, 12 years old. I think I'm sure one of them putting out the ciggy and putting a bottle of Stella down <laughs> and watching the match. They were just into it so much, man. So for that reason, I put Isaac North in the match because he's just fun. Oh, and nice. if, if TNT are watching now, which hopefully they are, Isaac North needs to be in DOA yeah. or Thrill Kill, whether it's the one in Birmingham, whether it's the one in Liverpool, he needs to be in it. Because that's where you'll see, like, the best Isaac North possible. I've never, se- I've never seen him be, be pinned. I'm trying to remember. Um, I think he has once or twice, but I don't. I don't, know, I don't think I've ever seen him be pinned. I believe he's been pinned on UBW once or twice, hmm. but I don't think it's. I think the fellas just got lucky and got a roll up, to be yeah. completely honest with <laughs> you. I don't think anyone's been able to put Isaac down for longer. <laughs> for longer than four seconds. Charlie hit him with two <laughs> shot DDTs. Hit him over the head of a chair, and he still sat up yeah. on the Sega style, and Charlie just legged it. So <laughs> I've not I've not seen Charlie since, but he's he's going to be fighting Isaac in on December 9th, which is going to be fun. Two more people, and it's based off who I've wrestled before as well. Yeah, Cameron, Cameron Solis. Yes, I was lucky enough to wrestle him back when back when it was Infinite round 2016. Mm-hmm. There was myself, Cameron Solis, Chase Alexander. And Scott Oberman, like more or less training day in, day out, like constantly. So being around them guys and, and learn a bit, especially when they were breaking in. Well, um, Scott, Scott Oberman would have been doing his like posh boy gimmick. <laughs> oh, he, he's, he's done everything. I think, I think he was set. I think he was Scott freaking Oberman back then. <laughs> uh, it, it was such a shame about that because back when he called himself Seth Skyline, he come up with a Seth freaking Skyline thing first, and he was doing yeah. it for about six months. And then Seth Rollins come out and said, I'm Seth freaking Rollins. And <laughs> yeah, and he couldn't do it anymore, but Scott Oberman done that first. Yeah. But yeah, it was all us, us four training together. Among some others, um, Liam Carr was coming in at that time. Ben Reed was coming in at that time. There was a few others like that. But I managed to wrestle Cameron Solis on a Just Do show. Just do wrestling. They used to do it, and it was run by Disco Bert, Fabulous, and Dan Evans. Yeah, <clears throat> and I think it was the last show they'd done. They'd done a charity show for Star. I think it was um, neonatal um, death in in obviously babies. Yeah, and he'd done a charity for that. I feel I think it was one of them too that it was close to the hearts, like family wise. So he'd done a charity show for that. I was lucky enough to to face Cameron Solis on that. And that was a, that was a great little match. I really yeah, enjoyed it's it. Yeah, it's amazing. Come, so yeah. Can, yeah, he's oh. taking a little break at the moment, but hopefully he'll be back soon. So. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely hoping he's back soon. But I seen him at DOA last year in the opener. Can't remember who wrestled. Did he wrestle? Oh, I, I, I didn't go. Oh. I feel like he wrestled Big Joe. 
I think he yeah. did. Yeah, because this is when JJ Webb was down his throat and JJ Webb ran in and smashed a bunch of light tubes over the back of his head. Yeah, it was Big Joe <laughs> doing the corkscrew into a bunch of light tubes. So from that yeah. match alone, on top of him being a moody little goth like Isaac North, mm-hmm. it, you've got to put them two together in a match. Yeah. And there's one more, so I'll make this a triple threat. Uh, again, uh, Kieran McConnell was, was pretty high on me. I was really lucky to be able to wrestle a few guys, I think, in, in, in like me rookie couple of matches. So my first match was Dean Allmark, and I feel like my second or third match was Aspen Faith from ICW. Ooh, yeah. It was really, really fun, and that's when it was, um, he was the king of catch. He was with them, and I was coming from jiu-jitsu, so it was catch wrestling versus Brazilian jiu-jitsu and MMA. Mm-hmm. And that was that was a great match, but I seen him at DOA also, and he had he had some great matches. I feel like he he was yeah. against Lou Nixon. I feel like he was against Lou Nixon. Yeah, I, I saw him against uh, Rory Coyle earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. And he, he piled on Rory onto a pile of VC, uh, VHSs. And I was like, ow! I, yeah. I was, even if they are flat, I was hurt, but he just pulled them out the back. I was like, oh, oh, he's, he's horrible. I feel like. <laughs> I feel like he power bombed Lou Nixon onto nettles, if I remember correctly. Yeah. The DOA, yeah, onto a pile of nettles. Yeah. But I'd whack them three together. Yeah. Against <laughs> because, because they're all moody goths. The, <laughs> you love weapons, let's just see what happens. Yeah. And Aspen Faith and Eyes and North are so creative. Cameron as well. But where it comes down to like weapons, Aspen Faith is so creative with some of the stuff he does. Definitely. So yeah. I'd definitely see that. Yeah. Your um, tag team time match? Tag team, uh, Again, I was lucky enough to face the models last month mm-hmm. for me and PL Dotson. Uh, less we talk about him, the better. But I was lucky enough to tag with PL against the models. So they're definitely going to be in it. I've said it before. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're the best tag team in British wrestling. I think they're, yeah, modern day legends, I think. We'll, we'll miss them when they're gone. Like, oh, don't. You, you, made, you made me upset. I've been around for a few more years. Like first, Danny Hope was my first professional wrestling trainer. Alongside, oh, wow. yeah. alongside Gypsy John Kenny and Kieran McConnell. Um, it's a, it's, a, it's a, um, Jerry Hayes versus Polish Barry on Saturday at Kingdom, and I was like, oh, that's, I'm so looking forward to that match. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Joey Hayes, he's, again, he's, he's one of them people similar to Dean Ormark who didn't get picked up, who should have been picked up. Jo- Joey Hayes, what, I was lucky enough to wrestle Joey Hayes in the singles as well, and I don't know what Kieran saw in me back then. But I think he was like my fourth match, so I got given of oh. <laughs> Allmark, Aspen Faith, Joey Hayes, and I'm sure before Infinite started winding down, he was going to give me CJ Banks as well. Oh. Like <laughs> I, I, I don't know what he's seen in me, uh, but getting to getting to learn off them guys yeah. like live was absolutely amazing. But Joey Hayes, he's amazing. he's such a nice dude as well. He's another one who's who's really really down to earth. The tag, the tag team I'd have against the models. I've not really wrestled. I've wrestled in a tag team and I've wrestled a few tag teams, but not ones that are as gelled as the two guys because he started training as a tag team just because they're, they're just as handsome as the models. They're tattooed up and it's, it's, it's got to be made for last. Yes. Brilliant. But, but yeah. My favourite team of all time. Yes. Like, yeah. Leon Gray and, um, Ryan Thorne. Oh, Ryan Thorne. Yeah. I really couldn't think of his last name. I've, I've not seen Ryan in, in a few months. I've, I've seen him at Superstar. I've wrestled him at Superstar. But I've been spending a lot more time around Leon Gray because we've been with TNT and um, doing a ring crew. King of the ring crew, Leon Gray is at the moment. Yeah, definitely. And 
Ja, der yeah. Hen vs. Max hatte uh, Max Brooker for the King yeah. of the Ring through match. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was really good. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've not seen Ryan Thorne in a while. Um, we just haven't crossed paths on the same show, sort of thing. But they're almost like the new models. Do you, do you know what I mean? They're, mm-hmm. they're just they're just two two good looking guys, just like Danny and Joey, and they're just the the, the epitome of like what tag team wrestling should be. Yeah, definitely. And great. What, what, I don't think they've ever had a match, them two teams. I don't think so. I can't. They haven't, but they need to. <laughs> that's that's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, Leon's been nice enough to give me a lift home from TNT once or twice because he lives in Lee. Mm-hmm. And I live in St. Helens, so he just, just drives me through and we have a good chat. And he always tells me, like, yeah, the, the models are, are the bucket list tag team that you want to wrestle, so... Again, if there's any if there's any promoters out there watching this, but the models versus made to last, yes, just yeah, you can have that main event anywhere. I can see that that could happen at Infamous because they've got Joey Hayes and made to last. You just need to get Danny Hope and yeah, Danny Hope. Yes, yes, uh, that's your main event. Main event. So I'm running out of people who. Because again, I've got, I've gone like the infinite the infinite promotions route, where any one of them matches could could get an event in any show. But I'm looking towards how Wrestle Island are treating Lance Rivera. Because obviously he's, he's he's breaking out. He's but well, he's, he's more or less broke out now. So like with how good he is, but I can see that Peter Blackham's put the rockets on on Lance and giving him the the main event slot. He, he, he deserves yeah, sort of thing. A, yeah, we did a podcast together, and the running joke was I'd never seen him win a match until we got back <laughs> from um, <laughs> we got back from the, the p- pandemic, and I don't think he's he's barely lost one since. So, I was like, oh. <laughs> so in a similar vein to that, I'd have to put Ben Reed, me 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 tag team, me yeah. tag team partner, because if you're looking for a company who can get a crowd behind him. If, you, if you're a company looking for a guy who can get a crowd behind him and probably carry the crowd on his back, I think it probably would be Ben Reed. And if you're looking to build up a guy and throw him into the deep end and make him your champion, then he's probably one of the guys to to yeah. be able to do that, to be yeah, completely I mean, honest. I mean, he's great his face or heel as well. Oh, yeah. Me, I, I know we've sworn a few times, but Ben Reed as a heel is a little gobshite. Yeah. I, I, I love him to bits, but... I've, I've wanted to I've wanted to chin him a couple of times when I've seen him as a heel. Um, to on the complete opposite side of that, every yeah, so every Rock needs is Austin, and every Edge, every John Cena needs his Edge. Mm-hmm. And I think that the as much as I hate as much as I hate him, we haven't spoken about him much tonight. But P.L. Dotson, yes. like he is the I know I've said the word gobshite, but he is a massive Tory gobshite <laughs> who I want to punch his head in over and over and over and over again. I think no one could stop me, and I know the fans think the exact same as well. Definitely. Uses too many big <laughs> words, talks down to everyone, and his en- first of all, his entrance theme is the only cool thing that I like about him. He's a good wrestler as well. <laughs> but did you ever watch The Boys on, yes. yeah. on Amazon? I've got, so, yeah, I've got the last like three episodes to watch of the time, of course. So I'm not sure. I've, I've 
I'm not up to that bit yet, but there's a bit in, I believe, season two or three, where there's a crowd and Homelander um, just laser beams one guy's head off. And oh, wait, crowd in, his, in his dream. Is that, uh, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. But I've only seen the scene. Yeah. But the, it, end, yeah. the end credits theme for that is called I Can Do Anything. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a vi- if you've seen PL come out, it, the violin and the pompous just. He's just a pompous prick, man. <laughs> and if you're looking for a heel to just make everyone sad that he's a champion and just for who the crowd will just want to get behind anyone he goes against because he's just that hated. Like I said, in this climate with the, uh, not getting too political, but with the, uh, with the Tory government saying obviously everyone's not a big fan of him. When Pierre, when Pierre Dotson comes out, <laughs> he is just that personified and in a hard working, Region of England, like the Northwest, he is just, and he's he's the gobshite that you want on a show. He's a, he's a pompous prick that you want to see battered, but he's just that good that not many people end up doing. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. So main events, you want you you're thinking towards the future. Ben Reed versus P.L. Dotson, he can carry that company for the the they could probably carry that feud for the best part of like half a year to a year. Yeah, and then yeah. That that's your long term booking right there. You put them in the main event scene. Yeah, we got we got a PL on a couple of weeks. I think you'll probably be my last interview of the year. I think, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to. <laughs> that's a great card. I really like to watch that. Card. <laughs> so so would I. Hopefully, it happens <laughs> in the near future. But it's when the Euro Millions, and I'll make I'll just make it myself. I won't even get fans in. I just sit in the front row by myself. And just watch it. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, that was a great, great show. So, um. Before we go, do you want to promote any social media you have or your, your um, spots? Yeah, yeah. Or, so. Um, so if I've got I've got a bunch of social medias to be honest, um, both on Twitter and Instagram, my professional wrestling page is Legitimate. That's L E W G I T I M A T E, and that's both on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to follow me on Instagram for, for sports massage, I know you all fall into bits because I am as well. If anyone needs a sports massage in Saint Helens, it's T T R. Train treat repeats. That's TTR Sports Performance. Brilliant. Yeah, cool. I put I put links to all, all in the description below the interview. So I've really enjoyed speaking today. I'd love to have you on again in the future. That was a lot of fun. No, <laughs> oh, I've really enjoyed that, mate. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So um, take it easy, mate. Fight, fight, mer, uh, fight mer before Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks that's for the, tickets to being there. Yeah, that's the next next show I'm on. I'm also over in Burnley, um, the third of December. So I'm over at Top Rope. I'm not sure what I'm doing yet, but Sheik El Shams wanted me on it. And I'm over at Superior Wrestling in Whitchurch on the 10th of December as well. I, put, I, put, I can put links to all the Oh, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm, uh, sorry, I'm flooding a few things, but <laughs> it's about where I am because guys got to make money. <laughs> yeah.